with you. Uh, the word of God is the word of God. It, it's it's not like um, if we can present a, a a thought and do a good job with it and and everybody uh, be able to think about their own life, how they communicate with others. This this being honest with you is what I use for all any couples that are going to get married. I use it as part of my training. So I do talk about marriage in it as a, as a predominant idea, but I will try to mix it up because this truly is um, what we'll say tonight is good for on the job and with your neighbors and with, with brothers and sisters in the Lord and people at the grocery store. You know, it's just good. And so um, hopefully it'll be a blessing to you. Why don't we ask the Lord to bless tonight and just right where you're sitting. Lord, I pray that tonight you do great things in this place. Lord, we pray and ask, Lord, that you would open our hearts, give us understanding. I pray the Holy Ghost tonight would move and minister. Lord, that you would touch the lives and, and help us, Lord, to make sense of it all. Lord, to put things in, in the right order of our lives. Lord, I pray that you would give strength to each and every one that is here tonight that the word of God would go forth, it would be powerful. Lord, I thank you for the church. Pray that you bless tonight, Lord. Give us insight, we pray. Lord, I pray for Jessica tonight, Lord, that you touch and heal her body. Help her, Lord, tonight, we pray. Oh, we give you thanks, Lord, for only you, God, can heal. Only you, Lord, can make alive. I pray that you would help Dee Dee and Denny tonight and be with them, Lord, and help them. Lord, we pray that your will would be done. And we'll give you all the thanks and the praise. Lord, we want that apostolic move of God. Lord, we pray for the working of your spirit. Lord, we pray for the answers to come through you tonight. I ask it, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Okay. Jacob, are you, you want to hand those up? Thank you very much. Well, we have a new coffee machine because I know well, that's right up there next to what God wants in holiness. <laughs> it, was, it was too much effort for me to keep that little one going. So. Um, and along with everything they gave us, um, I finally was able to see a, uh, a video on how to clean them right, correctly and also I'm still going to go back and see if I can heal the old one. I think when we had our um, team here doing the, the roof, they must have poured the grounds and the coffee into the, into the hole because it's, it's just clogged. I can't get it free whatsoever. Um, Seems like the heating source and everything works, but it just, I can't get it to flow. So I'm hoping that I can keep working on that. Because we always could use two for big things like funerals and all. All right, have we got it? You shall know today is our, Elaine and I had our 43 anniversary today. And um, I'm just thinking, God, she put up with me this long. We'll give God credit that he shaped me through the years through her. <laughs> Amen. We were sitting, we went, out, we went out and had lunch today together, and we just talking about all the things we've gone through, but you know, we really couldn't remember any particular incidents or anything. It was just... You just look back and say, wow, that's a, a lot of years, a lot has happened. We've, I told Elaine, I said, we've gone to a lot of places. All over the country and around the world. But we're thankful for that, for the opportunities the Lord has given to us. So I wanted to read to you, I, you, you have it in your sheet there. But the New Living Translation of Ephesians 5, 21 through 33, I'm, this actually is not 
the focus of the rest of the Bible study, but I, but I, it's so valuable, and and the final thought on this for men and women, I wanted to share that with you because I, I felt like it was something you might want to have, written down and so you could take it with you, but Paul said, and further submit one to another out of reverence, for Christ, for wives this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands, to your own husband, to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault, in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church, and we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. And just highlighting this, we understand, therefore, that a man feels that he is being, um, that a man feels that he is being loved when he is respected and listened to by his wife. He feels that he is loved when his opinion matters. We all understand also, therefore, that a woman feels loved when her husband designs, denies himself and pays attention to her needs, thereby showing that she is important and loved. This is all about attitude as the wife bows and submits uh, as a metaphor to her husband, thereby showing her love for him. So the husband hangs on the cross in self-denial, a metaphor, thereby showing his love for his wife. It's a simple understanding of knowing your own place and it becomes a joy when you do. Amen. And so tonight's lesson, you've got to be like a farmer. Many times, many times, it is the simplicity of knowing the outcome based on your actions that bring joy. There's a whole lot of time a farmer's waiting for what he ultimately believes will be the harvest. But most of his year is spent just doing what he can do, but waiting for God to finish the work. And so, so as it is with communication tonight, we're going to find out that that really is important, the way that we enter into the process so that God can bless it. So marriage and communication. The fruit of a marriage will always be the direct result of the type of communication between a husband and wife in a marriage. And again, I'm going to say that these things are true in our communication with everyone that we that we deal with. So tonight, though I'll talk about marriage, I hope that you'll be able to see these things true in day-to-day -day relationships. Good fruit or bad fruit or what about the dreaded plastic fruit? We don't want that. We want outcomes that are, that are powerful. You may think someday, God, if you ever allow me to stand on my soapbox, I want to preach Acts 2.38. But you need to realize that you are building the platform for people to be one to God by the way that you communicate with them. That really is the truth. Amen. Can I stop you right there on a second? Okay. You in the room that are not married at this point, this will help you. Amen. Yeah, believe me, this is not just for, this really didn't, I didn't mean for this to be marriage counseling tonight. I, I meant for this to be, I just knew how powerful this lesson is. Right. 
and I've been trying to do one study every month on communication, and so I wanted to share this with everyone. If your word can be trusted, that'll get you a long way down the road. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so here's the principle of nature that we're going to study tonight. A marriage will never rise above the level of its communication. Poor communication will never make a good marriage. Never, never. And good communication, communication excuse me, will never result in a poor marriage. It's just impossible. Amen. In the Old and the New Testament, one thing that we can say and ascribe to both New and Old Testament, words are always described as seed bearing fruit within the scriptures. So words produce, don't they? And that's where we're going with this. We plant with an expectation of a harvest. Every person you talk to in your daily lives, you you have to see that as a something you're doing today so that tomorrow you have even a greater relationship with them. All right? Um, and, and when, we, when we say these things, uh, we know that the verses are living proof and they testify of what we will receive. Just like the farmer planting seed with an expectation of what his harvest, what his crop is going to be. So we are handling words with such care tonight. Now you all know I'd like to joke around, but, but we never can let jokes destroy someone else. Right. And so tonight as we talk about communication, um, whatever I can do to win people, I'm only going to win them through my conversation first. And then later they might let me share a verse with them. Amen? Matthew 12 and 33 is my key verse tonight. Either, Jesus said, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. If we're talking about fruit tonight as being seed, if we're talking about communication, then, then, the kind of seed, the kind of communication I have, um, is we're going to see the outcome in the fruitfulness of that relationship. Uh, verse 34, that same verse, that, then Jesus says this, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So, Tonight, we're looking at this communication as such a key, important facet. But Jesus said to those Pharisees and scribes that were there that day, how can you possibly think that your evil words could ever bring about good? And, and don't you realize that out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. And so Jesus told those scribes and Pharisees, the issue is your heart. Right? Right? We are really known tonight by the words that we speak. You can't conceal what is in your heart. Ultimately, the heart will respond. Your true uh, 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 perspective, your true stand, your true feelings are going to come out. <clears throat> Eventually, the heart escapes through your lips. <laughs> the very next verse, Matthew 12, 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. That really is the picture tonight. So we, we not only are, this is not only a study tonight about how to speak right words, but it's to say that we've got to have a right heart. We've got to have the very, the very foundation of who I am is what's going on in my center, uh, center of my being, of what I think and what I believe, how I feel, 
Amen. So what is in your heart tonight is going to have a lot to do with the outcome of what happens. No one ever goes to counseling um, because they had good conversation, communication. <laughs> right, right. That's, no, that's no slight, it's just the truth. Yeah. I, Elaine and I have gone to Brother Moss several times in our marriage where we had to, we had to get some air on some things. And thankfully, he was a man of wisdom. And, um, and thankfully, he built on the fact that we both wanted the right things. We wanted a good marriage. We wanted, we wanted the Lord to be the centerpiece of our life, and he could build on that. But, but always we went there because our communication was all right yeah. every time. We loved God, filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, and we had bad communication. Because, because we weren't taking care of some things we needed to. Yeah. Now this isn't this isn't about Elaine and I doing all of our bad things, but I, I'm sharing that to just say, uh, welcome to my world. We all make mistakes in communication. Yeah. It's something you have to practice. Yeah. You know, and, and if you don't come from a good background where it was practiced before you, it makes it that much harder. Right. It takes that much more patience on either side of, of any relation that you're trying to, to do, on the job or in the classroom or, or wherever. And communication, when we make our mistakes, we, we need to deal with it. It's not going back and saying, well, because you said this, I said this. That's, that's just going to create more yeah. anger and frustration. But, but we have to, this Bible study, hopefully tonight, is going to bring about God's plan of how to fix communication in our lives. Lord, help me to receive it this time. <clears throat> if we're not communicating in a loving manner, then, then ultimately we're not communicating the way God wants us to. Because God wants us to have good communication. If we are speaking words that lead, that lead the conversation to the wrong direction, we're not helping ourselves or them, whoever we're talking to. And so we have to realize today, it's really not just about words tonight. It's not even about being patient with that guy or, or woman or whoever it is that you're, that you're dealing with. It's not how perfect everything is in your life. It's not what your heritage Heredity says about your the way your father was, the way your mother was, the way they acted. It, it wasn't even about how you were raised only. Though I'll grant you that we can remember things in life, life that weren't always right in our, in our being raised as children. But it still comes down to every time what is in your heart. That's what we've got to pray. That's why we pray every day. God, forgive me. I need, to, I need to keep this heart issue before God. And then I can hopefully go into my day and I can plant seeds that are going to be great. They're going to build a relationship for years down the road. That's what's really coming out is, is when my heart is right with God, I, I want good, I want a good conversation, I want a good communication, everything's going to be okay. Have you ever heard people say, I, I didn't mean to say that? <laughs> Maybe I've said it. <laughs> but, but what I want to simply say is, is that you, it's not that you didn't mean to say it, it's that you didn't mean to get caught saying it. <laughs> now, that may be a little close to home, sorry. <laughs> there I was. <laughs> Really, when it's coming out of our heart, honestly, we're going to have to say we meant to say it. Would you agree with that? Yeah. So, uh, again, if it's in my heart, it's going to come out. My lips do not de deceive anyone else but myself. <clears throat> our words will always produce fruit. That's what I want you to realize tonight. Whatever you say to those workers tomorrow on your job, Whatever you say to your neighbor or to your son and your daughter and your, and your husband, your wife, there are, those are going to be words that are going to be planted into a file. 
Now, I'm not talking about them getting you back later. This, yeah. this is not talking about revenge. revenge. I'm saying that, that I can plant seeds that are going to help me to win that person and be, and be what they need to be later. Okay? Think of fruit in the scriptures as consequences. Our words will produce consequences in our marriage, in our, in our day in and day out lives on the work in a job place. Because I guarantee if you say something bad, eventually your spouse is going to bring it up later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe the repercussions from it, but, but, but one or the other, you're, you're gonna, it hasn't gone away. The words that we speak continue to grow. Oh, Jesus. Talking about spiritual truths tonight. Yeah. It doesn't stay small. And, and, you know, Jesus told us we could say 49 times 7, uh, or 70 times 70, sorry, uh, times we can ask for forgiveness. But, but, but realize you can't take back words. Yeah. And so, yes, I can say you have to forgive me or you're going to, you know, displease God in your life. Well, okay, true. But it's a whole lot better when they can accept that and, and make the decisions themselves and not have you cramming it down their throat saying, ha, 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 I can say whatever I want to and you have to forgive me. That goes over big. But a lot of people in the world will do that. Oh, man. Manipulation is, is a use of words in, in vile terms, isn't it? Yeah, see, our words will always produce fruit. The, the words that we speak continue to grow. They don't just drop off on the ground. That's not the kind of fruitfulness we're talking about. We're talking about the fruitfulness of, of seed being planted in the ground. And, and uh, Brother Hughes told us there was, what, nine seeds in most of all apples? Yeah. And, and we'll talk about some of these things here in, in a minute. If you ever took a feather pillow out and hung it on your clothesline and slit the bottom of it, a nice Oklahoma windy day, what would happen? Those feathers would go everywhere. And I dare say you wouldn't ever be able to get them all back. And so are the words that we speak. You're not going to be able to take them back. Our words are producing something tonight. They will bear seed, and they will be either negative or positive. But they are going to. A zucchini grows at such a rate that you have that you will have too much at the end of the season. I love it when you all bring zucchini. <laughs> There's nothing better than fried zucchini. So, so are our words. They, you can't. It's not just one fruit on a zucchini. Dying, right? Matthew 12 and 36. We're, notice we're just following Matthew 12 here. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. So Jesus is, is telling us um, be careful with your jesting. Be careful with your words when you're going through different emotions because um, not that I'm, I'm so warning you to be afraid of God's judgment but I'm just saying that that think of the fruitfulness of your words in people's lives when you're building them up and you're encouraging them Matthew 12 and 37 for by thy words thou shalt be justified and by thy words thou shalt be condemned Have you ever heard this said, especially in marriage, but never and always should never be part of your vocabulary. <laughs> you always, whatever it is. Yeah, but you never. <laughs> right? 
So ask me later, I'll give you some lines that we've used before. <clears throat> so don't ignore the impact of, of words tonight. I hope that you'll be able to leave here and say, I'll, I'll never think the same way about just casual words. I don't have to, I don't have to worry about righteousness and holiness. I'm not at church. Well, that's not right thinking, is it? God wants us to have our words to be the outcome of our heart. And so we prepare our heart and we prepare our words carefully. In this life and in the life to come, our words are going to have impact. That's how big, how important your words are tonight. They will build us up or they'll destroy me all by what I say. And so let's talk about the law of sowing and reaping tonight. You all know this so well, and yet let me just bring out four key thoughts tonight that will, that will make sense, I hope, for you. Um, the law of sowing and reaping is universal. That means it applies to everything. It applies to animals, to plant life, and to human beings. It's not just Christianity. There are many people today that are successful in business because they've learned how to tithe and give to the kingdom of God, even though they never go through the church doors. <clears throat> what happens? Well, God blesses that. Right. That's this law of sowing and reaping. That's, that's just doing your part, and God rewards that. So we reap what we sow in everything in life. Good business practices produce good business. Friendly produces friendships. Grouchy, ugly, hateful, well, you don't have that many friends. Because yeah. the principles are all in the Word of God, aren't they? Sowing and reaping has repercussions. So number one, and these are like falling off a log, they're so easy, simple, but, but yet, to bring it all together tonight, I hope it'll be meaningful. Number one, you will reap what you sow. Galatians 6 and 7 says this, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Some say, I, I know the scriptures. I know that I will reap what I sow, but... <laughs> Misconception number one. I can use negative words to get my way with my spouse. True or false? Everything we've heard already has got to be false. If I'm manipulating my wife for the moment, don't think that that won't have repercussions down the road. And if she ever finds out how much I manipulate her, what will my trust factor be? Will she honor me as her husband, as one that she loves and esteems highly? Or will I lose credibility? And then what does that cost in my marriage? It's all connected, isn't it? How can negative, a negative word produce a positive consequence? It can't. Jesus already told us that tonight. Proverbs 15 and 1. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. I just can't believe you're thinking that way. You should know better by now. And, and if we follow that vein of thought where those, that negativism is not, is not opening up the door for communication, and it's not helping. Now, there's got to be a time when, when my wife can criticize, criticize me, and she's figured out how to do it. <laughs> and right, and right, by the way. Yeah. And so I'm not saying it's bad. Our wives have to have feedback. They, they have to be, it's a give and take. But, but I'm thankful that she doesn't chew me up and spit me out. Right. Um, 
Harsh words produce angry responses. Two negatives only equal a positive in ninth grade math. <laughs> it does not work that way in relationships, in communication. Not in real life, it doesn't. Not in communication. Proverbs 15 and 4 says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Yeah. If you want to break your spouse or someone you're dealing with, then use angry, harsh, and impatient words, and, and you'll, you'll get your outcome. Again, unfortunately, that sea keeps growing. Galatians 6 and 8. But he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Let's that's, that's agree on this tonight. If you win someone to the Lord this year, it's going to be because of your communication. Right. It won't be your prowess, your ability to quote scripture. Right. It won't be how many incredible messages you've heard. It won't be how many verses you can quote. It's going to be that heart that's prepared for the Lord and, that is, and has a, a, a realization of how important that person is. And so we are careful to communicate them with words that will help them and not, and not harm them. A man once stated this, he said, why is my wife so angry? <laughs> Only one time did I call her stupid and ugly, and she just won't get over it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> that, that really is not going to help, is it? <laughs> I guarantee that man is paid over and over and over again. For those words. I'm here to testify tonight that it wasn't me. <laughs> I'm still alive after 43 years. <clears throat> You've sown something into that individual that goes into their heart and into their mind. Words go in more than just between the ears. Sure, you can say, well, I mean, they did something stupid or they, they, they did this or blah, blah. Um, she was out of line. She deserved it. She, she did this to me. But, but never would those negative critical words ever bring a product that you're wanting, that you're wanting to see at the end when harvest comes. Misconception number two, positive words won't really make a difference. People say, what's the use? It won't work. Oh, yes, it will. Words are like habits. We can't, we're, we're, we're guilty and shame and, have, and our consciousness is, is awakened and we're so sorry for the habits that I have. And the only way I can stop that habit is to say, all right, I'm going to start some new habits that are going to replace the old yeah. one. You can't go back and take that old habit out. You have to replace it. Yeah. And so the same is true with words. I've made my mistakes, but now I can go in and begin to recultivate that field and start planting good seed that's going to give me the response that I need. If a soft answer turns away wrath, and, it, and the Bible tells us that it truly is true. It does work that way. Here's what Peter said in 1 Peter 3 and 10. He that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Wow. There really is a lot in that old Bible, isn't there, about this about these words. 
if you want a good life, then don't speak words of deception, of deceit that are going to hurt someone. Positive words do have tremendous impact in people's lives. Not only are you putting positive seed into the person you're speaking with, but it's also putting you in a position where you could also be successful because you want good, you want health, you want life. Mark Twain said they could go two months on one good compliment. You see, we could change the course of our spouse's life for eternity wow. with our words. Mercy. Not just here and now, but this thing is, is growing to something that is, has eternal rewards. Um, point number two, you will reap much more than you sow. You'll, reach, you'll, you'll reap positive and you'll reap negative much more than you sowed. And thankfully tonight, my message is clear. The choice is always yours. Yeah. One man said like this, he said, words are like nitroglycerin. They can blow up bridges or they can heal hearts. We really can, we really can use our words for either, can't we? Yeah. You'll always reap more than you sow. James 3 and 5 says, Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Talking about starting small and increasing. There. Catching that? It's never just one argument. It always grows into something much bigger and much uglier. <clears throat> the mighty oak that came from one acorn. But also, have you ever heard of that Kudzu vine from Japan. I, I hope I'm, I'm not, not butchering the name of that. But, it, but it's a vine that somehow someone brought it to the U.S., to the United States. And it literally, you can go through, uh, like, I want to say Georgia, South Carolina area, and you could see where uh, Tennessee, where you see where those vines have, have gone and encircled an entire forest and all of it is, is that same green leaf. But unfortunately, it's zapping the very strength and killing that tree. Yeah. And so the whole forest dies so that that one vine can exist and go. And it all starts with just one seed and it becomes a forest of vines that, that take over the entire forest. They have, they have been working for years to try yeah. to find how they could curtail that if they could find something that would kill it only and spray onto those trees. It strangles a forest. It's out of control. One small seed grows into a death for an entire forest. One seed of corn, you know this. You plant it and out comes one stalk. But on that stalk are the average of five years of corn per stalk. 400 seeds on each year. One seed is 2,000 kernels of, of corn. That if we plant next year, we'll bring forth 4 million kernels of corn. And the third year, we'll produce 8 billion kernels of corn. And the fourth year, will produce 16 trillion kernels of corn. Four years early, it was just one kernel of corn. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? I'm talking about it never stays small. 
<laughs> Number three, uh, well, let me say this first. Research has proven in the restaurant world that it takes nine positive comments to overcome one negative comment in the restaurant world. Nine positive to replace one negative. And you have to wonder what it does in the marriage. Point number three, there is a delay between sowing and reaping. I said it, she deserved it, and nothing happened. Just be patient. <laughs> this will, this will come up again. <laughs> you did not win this battle. You might have won the skirmish, but the battle is not yet won. <clears throat> no, there's a delay between sowing and reaping. I think Brother Stephen should probably be teaching this far more this farmer than I ever was or anything, and I, I'm not. I am not Mr. Uh, farmer to sow the seed, but I do understand in the world of church work that it really is important. Yes. Nothing happens quickly. The farmer does not expect the next day for there to be seedlings popping up in the ground. He does believe that there's growth. He does believe that God is doing his part. He's anticipating the day when he can see from the sunlight and the moisture and the good soil that pretty soon something's going to pop up through that soil and that thing's going to become a stalk of corn in Ohio. Those stalks of corn are like nine feet tall. Unbelievable. <clears throat> the farmer does not expect the next day after planting, but growth is a process. Seasons and times were given to the Lord for that very purpose. Lifestyle of positive communication. There was always you have to anticipate that what I'm planting today is going to be productive down the road. And so build people for the future. You don't know one day when they're going to come through those church doors right. and want more because they've watched your life. This, of course, is where damage comes. Start sowing something positive again. We, 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 again, you don't like some things that have gone on in the past in your marriage or in your friendship with someone? Then, then build on that tonight and, and begin to plant that seed that's going to bring forth a harvest because there's coming a day when everything will turn and good will begin to happen. Praise the Lord, y'all. Come in. Come in, come in. Jacob, was there an extra copy? Yeah. So we can't we can't take words back. But but we can re, we can plant new words. We can plant a new right spirit, a right new attitude that will ultimately help that person. Thank God isn't that part of what repentance is when we when we find someone on the job and uh, we've had aught with them, and it's been tough going. And I've prayed about it, and I've sought God about it, and all of a sudden one day, there, there's a window of opportunity, and we can say things to each other that are, that are respectable, that are, that are good. And from that one moment, we can start planting seeds of, of kind words and, and change that entire relationship around, because... Words are so powerful tonight. Yeah, there's always the delay between sowing and reaping. James 5 and 7 said this, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he received the early in the latter rain. The farmer knows. The farmer builds his entire livelihood on delay. But he knows that there's going to be a payoff. God placed the seasons in the rightful place. God made it to where that seed would come forth. It's the long haul tonight. 
We're building a church in Chelsea, Oklahoma. And no matter what people have thought about this church in the past, we could change it. If it was negative, we could fix that. We could heal that. If it was positive, we could add to it. We could take men like Brother Nance and thank God for the years that he gave here of himself. And thank God for his ministry. And now we can build on it. What would happen if I came in here and started speaking bad about him? Thank God you all don't have that, you know, deadbeat anymore. Well, what would that do? What would be what would be my credibility with you? <laughs> Why a president would ever come in and speak of the former one? I will never understand that. What possibly could that help? Galatians six and nine says, "Let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not." You gotta realize that this Christian thing is a long haul. Yes. We're gonna win people to God. Amen. There are people that you have been talking, Brother Scott has talked to people for that we that he's shared with me for, for many, many years. And just waiting for that opportunity for something to happen when when he could step in and be that that help because he's yes. had all those kind words. Yes. All those days that he supported those people those people and encouraged them and said good things to them. Amen. Hebrews 10 and 36. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Don't say, I'm going to give up on them. Forget them. They haven't come to my church yet. I don't want them. Well, that's not helping anyone. On the contrary, it, there's a delay between sowing and reaping. Right. And we need to take into account that, that all these people you've talked to throughout the years, they're not deadbeats. Right. Right. They just need time for the circumstance, environment, warmth of the sun, moisture of the Holy Ghost, all the different things that come along, and God can bring that. And all of a sudden, that outer shell, that seed breaks, and out comes this growth that's looking for that sunlight and it makes its way to the surface of that ground. Lay a good foundation with people. Plant good seed in their lives. Speak positive words. I'm not talking about pumping them up. Oh, you're such a great person. No, I'm not talking about being, uh, putting out a, a facade of some sort. I'm talking about words. Huh? Because they can see through that. Yeah. Yeah. That fakery. Yeah. Plant good seed. Speak words that are are positive, but they are real. They're true. Right. I I see some great value in your life. Let me and I compliment them. That's that's awesome. Amen. So we're hurt. Fear, separation, and disunity exist. You need to plant a lot of good seed. You need to be patient and wait for the harvest. And, and be there in between for your spouse and also for all those people you're working with on your job. Be the friend. Be the help. Care about their take, their view. And, and you're waiting for the day when God can turn this thing around. Men want a quick fix. We're known for that. That's why Valentine's Day is is still true today. I used to sell roses in Ohio and then some in Sperry uh, because we found it to be a good fundraiser. But they would call me the marriage counselor (laughs) because in those men's eyes, it was time to buy their wives flowers. They didn't know what the day was, but they they, they saw me out there. Well, men want a quick fix, but that isn't necessarily what is the real road to recover here. I don't think there's anything wrong with roses to say thank you to your spouse that you love. But, but I'm saying, but, the, but your words are going to be a much more valuable for the long haul. 
there's a delay between sowing and reaping. Number four, the ground must be regularly tended. You can't just say, yep, oh, plant the seed and it's up to God now. The very idea of farming tells us that there's some steps. Cultivating the soil, preparing it. There's, you know, the watering, the, the, the fertilizer, the seed, uh, and, and then keeping the weeds out and all those things is, is a process. It's, it's the long haul that you're committed to tending those things. Weeds have a mind of their own. Would you agree with that? Right. You, don't ever, you don't ever have to plant them. Weeds, really in scriptures, are a negative communication. It's, and we and everything we planted is, is done away with because the weeds are choking it out. And patient words have got to be weeded out of our life. <clears throat> the wife said to her husband, I'll tell you what we will do today for a change. You get the kids ready for church, and I'll go out in the car and honk. Really, impatience is a type of selfishness. I'm not willing to wait on you. You're, you're, you're ruining my parade. So words or actions, um, we, have to, we have to prepare and keep the soil and, and keep it so that those seeds that you planted are going to be resourceful and, and come forth. When we say I'm more important than you are, my schedule is more important than yours. My agenda is more important than your agenda. My desires are more important than your desires. We are, we are not building communication like we need to. Because that's in your heart. Weed out angry words. And eventually, your life will improve. Ephesians 4 and 26 says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. We need to be able to work on things today and, and tend that garden today. You have no promise of tomorrow if I'll have time to get out there and weed it after the weeds have compounded and become worse. But today, I can control my garden. Yeah. If you go to bed angry... <laughs> There may be a cost to that. Silent treatment is not the way we're going to take care of our disagreements. Listen, you go in your part of the house and I'll go in mine and we'll be happy. I know, I know that happens. But that's where the enemy works. Sowing seeds of discord, separation. The story is told of a husband and wife who were fighting Things got so heated and bad that they finally decided that they weren't going to talk to each other. They were through. And so life had to continue on. And so they were trying to deal with all the necessities of life and all. And so with the babies and everything in the household, they didn't talk for three days. But they had children, jobs, responsibilities, soccer practice. And so there had to be a way to communicate. So. The husband and wife began to write each other notes, post-it notes. John needs to be picked up from school at three. The dry cleaning is ready at the cleaners. Soccer, soccer practice today is at five, rally. You'll need to pick them up. What's for dinner? The next day, an important meeting with the boss for the husband. And so he asked his wife, he said, honey, please, Wake me up at 6 a.m. For, for a very important meeting. I've got to get to work and be ready for the boss to come in. And he wakes up the next day when the birds were singing and the room was bright and he was already two hours late. 
he looked around just so angry and mad. And there on his pillow was this note from his wife. It's time to wake up, honey, it's 6 a.m. <laughs> Is that bad? <laughs> no, to sum this up, communication is, is tough work. It's not always easy, but it's always timely. And you will always be sorry for every idle word, every word that you say that are, is harmful. If you could go and practice and, and put into, into practice tonight the ability to say always a kind thing in all of your, your, your relationships, in all of your communication, it would really change life and that more abundantly here on this earth. Weed out the harmful words, especially in your marriages, where, and you say, oh, you know, that will never happen in my marriage. Well, it just, you both were raised differently. You both have different insights. One of you is a male, the other is a female. There are just all sorts of reasons why we don't see eye to eye on everything. It's just the facts. But realize today, you wanting to maintain the team and keep your love life fervent and burning, and you want to esteem each other highly, is, will never go wrong and you'll always be thankful. Galatians 6 and 1 says this, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. The spirit of gentleness, edifying people and building up people in your daily conversations will change not only your life, but their life. And again, I speak truth here. It can actually change eternity for some. So reverse the process of all the bad that's happened in your marriage or in your life. Your spouse's spirit must be watered and fertilized every day. All of my words have to be rooted in biblical principles in God's word, not cheap slights. Break the bad habits of the past with truths of God's word today and always add praise to everything you're trying to accomplish with people. There's nothing like a kind word. Even if it's their tie or their, or their outfit or whatever it is. Nothing wrong with a compliment. I'm not talking about being a fake. I'm not talking about lying. But the fact of the matter is, God wants us to build the kingdom of God through our words. Rockefeller was asked one time, how much money is enough? And his answer was, just a little more. And we have to see that as a, as a truth in all that we're doing today. Ephesians 4 and 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. That really is the key of tonight's Bible study. How often do you praise your spouse? That's something you need to think about. How often do you criticize your spouse? You've got to stop doing that. Now, criticism of, of agreeing that we're going to talk about something we've done and how to fix it, that's one thing. But when we criticize them by demeaning them, it's not going to help us. And it's not going to help them. You have opportunities every day to talk about keeping the field, keep preparing the field and keeping it right. Every day you have opportunities to bless your spouse and every communication you have, you have the opportunity to change people's lives. Amen. Amen. What do you think?
I, I feel like that is such a good, good study. It really isn't about this year, God, I, I mean, I pray, God, help me get a Bible study, and I, I, I'm wanting, I'm looking for that next one. But, but even after I get it, I'm going to have to go into that Bible study with, with words that are going to build them up and help them. Yes. It's not just the word of God that will speak, but it's going to be the words of someone who believes in them, someone who's, who is preparing the soil for them to grow and to be able to feel good about themselves. You do so much in your conversations with others. Right. Words are not cheap. They have great value and worth today. And I believe that we can make our words even more valuable when we put the weightiness of our words in our fourth forefront of our awareness. That when I speak to that person at the gas station and I say, can I please have my receipt? because the machine's not spitting them out. <laughs> and I've got that look of disdain and, and like you should be paying me. Yeah. I've got to change that. I love standing in your line, waiting for people to get beer so I can get my receipt. <laughs> See my smile? Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I am being facetious here. <laughs> What do y'all think? Any comments? Have you found this to be true? Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Found it to be helpful. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm sighing out loud because I feel like this is hard for me because, like, I say what I mean and I mean what I say. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I don't have to say it. My face doesn't point. But is saying it going to fix anything? Does the negative word fix the situation? No. No. So even like all the training we've had with children, the like say the things you want to see. Like you use, you know, that's the training we've had. Say the things you want to see in that kid. Yeah. Say those things positive and keep saying, you are these, you are these. And then eventually those things will come into their head and they'll believe those things. It's the same with the negative reinforcement that I'm that girl, I'm her, that is saying all those negative things because to me, they're justified. To me, they're valid. To me, they're true. Right. And so, but saying them out loud, it doesn't help. No. So this to me is good because it's like smacking me down over here. <laughs> I should have Elaine do a class. And I'm not saying that Elaine walks on water. She doesn't. <laughs> she, she's just another human being. I, I am thanking God for our, our marriage. But I, I will say this, that she has learned how to approach, she can criticize me in a way that she's not eating me up and spitting me out. And, and that's, because we, you have to have criticism in marriage. I mean, you're, you can't just go around saying, oh, I like your socks today. <laughs> when, when that doesn't face the issue that you've got to communicate. You know, so we have to be able to bring out and communicate and, and take care of needs and, and issues and problems, but 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 not at my expense, right. not at my wife's expense. That's that's the value of this. And so I can say words. I can say, "Honey, can I can I give you feedback on this thought?" And and come at it in a way that doesn't say, "You're stupid and you're ugly." <laughs> Referring back to my earlier part of the study here, so I, you know something something belligerent, but I'm I'm letting both of us win. And that's that's my that's what I'd like to do. And what else? Yeah, well, Diane. We talked about forgiveness. What about making an apology? Positive comments to overcome one negative one. Right, right. Yes. Now they're all going to keep the school, brother. Right. <laughs> when you bring up seven more to go. <laughs> okay, write that down. So, the verse that tells us how we ought to think whatsoever things are pure, lovely, yeah. just, 
I think that should extend to our words as well. Very good. Yes, yes, yes. Excellent. Yeah, Sandy. It just makes me remember um, when I worked for Home of Hope, we had this, the best class I've ever had to sit through. It was called Effective Teaching Therapy, and it was about what goes in the bucket heads and what comes out the bucket head. So however you treat or talk to or present yourself to somebody is what's going to come back to you. Very good. Excellent. Yes, sure. I feel like at the end of the message, so I'm very sorry that I was late, but um, positive psychology was one of my better classes that I took in college, and it kind of did, teaches the same thing um, about how many positive things you have to say to outweigh the negative, and just also about gratitude, too. So it kind of went with... I mentioned know, the Restaurant gratitude. Association posted that it takes nine positive feedbacks to replace one negative one and that was that was the restaurant but, world yeah i think in the other world it might be more like five, uh, is it five? in the, okay. re, in the okay. research world that i was oh. in like in the positive psychology class but i mean nine is even better so and i can imagine in the restaurant business how many negatives you hear all the time so you really might need the nine to i think people tend well me personally they tend to not believe the positive and boy the negative is like they're waiting for the other shoe to drop they're right <laughs> look when they, when they go back in the shop and say look out something's coming <laughs> you know what you all we can do so much to impact this, this study makes so much sense to me about winning people to God and I, I'm going to do my very best to take this to heart. Yes. There's so much terrible talk out in the world that you will stand out just by the kind words and the gratitude that you have. Yeah. Yeah, you, were, you were talking about uh, talking to people for a long time when they come in. You know, the Bible says, I can't, I was looking for the scripture from a mobile hook up the internet. It talks about planting while it's yet cold or you won't have a harvest. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. Good. And the other thing is that sometimes we get caught up in our day-to-day -day lives, work and people aggravating us and stuff, and, and we forget that our that our home is our sanctuary away from that. And we start letting the little bitty yeah. things that don't really matter affect our relationship with each other. You know, you just can't. I read a verse in a proverb the other day, something to the effect that a brother, instead of a brother offended, mm -hmm. it's harder to be one in a strong city. Yeah. Yeah. Even, you know, in the church, your friends, your family, it's a lot easier if you don't. <laughs> we need a slogan when they used to say just do it we need to say just don't do it don't say it just don't say it is it going to matter in 100 years it won't even matter in one year that's my kind of mind gauge Oh. Hey, do you all mind if I still pass the offering plate? Even though we're over here. I don't think I have any money. I don't know. Get the shirt. Pass it down.